0: following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. Our reading is from Ephesians, uh, chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. That's on page 952 in your Bible, if you care to read along. Um, It's probably up behind me as well, but I'm facing this way. Be careful, then, how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Hey, uh, good morning, everybody. And uh, it is, um, it feels a little odd to be coming to you from my office, um, my home office um, today. Um, But I was feeling uh, pretty sick from a head cold the last few days. I'm finally feeling better today um but I thought it might be uh, considerate of me to stay home and do this from here since we have the technology all in place to do it and um, that's why I'm the uh, the zoom zoom preacher today um, so it's good to be with you uh, in this way and I'm glad that I can still uh, do this um, <clears throat> so today we have a uh, a Pretty big topic. That's it's kind of a difficult one to talk about, um, even in the best of times. And uh, being sick for the three days leading up to preaching a sermon like this is not what I would call the best of times. But we're gonna we're gonna do the best that we can and get through this. Um, and uh, hopefully, we'll be able to find some meaning uh, in all of it. But I want to start with um, a a little attention getter question for you and uh, i think i actually am going to ask you to turn to your neighbor in a minute and, and share your answers to this question so i know that some of you suddenly uh, have an urge to go fresh in the coffee that you don't even hold yet um or uh, maybe uh, suddenly you need to use the restroom and that's totally okay that's probably what i would do if i were in the room to be honest but uh, it is kind of helpful to share some of these things back and forth and so here's the prompt here's the question Um, What is something bad that happened to you that ended up working out for the better in the long run? Now, this could be a huge thing or it could be something that's that's pretty small and, and maybe you don't feel very impressive about it. But really anything that fits that description, something bad that happened to you that ended up working out for the better in the long run. And I'll ask you to be brief uh, and just turn to your your neighbor and uh, share uh, a story. And maybe the other person doesn't have one. That's okay. But I'm going to give you like a minute and a half to do this sharing time, and then I'll call you back in. And uh, you're going to have to respond quickly because I won't even be able to know whether you're listening in it or not. Okay. So I actually can hear you a little bit through my speakers. Um, We do have mics that are set up in the room to capture the room audio, which is kind of a a nice bonus for the Zoom and Facebook participants um, that we didn't have in place the last time that I preached from my home office. Um, So that's a nice thing. So we are um, in the second week of this two-week brief series about Thanksgiving. And... Uh, it, it is the season, right? Um, last week we talked about giving thanks in all circumstances, and this week, as promised, the topic is giving thanks for everything. Um, and that's what the difference in the in the language between last week's passage from First Thessalonians and this week's passage from Ephesians. Just the difference between the little word "in" and the little word "for." Can you can you feel the difference? between those two types of Thanksgiving. So so this is going to be a difficult topic. Uh, but before we dive into it, I do want to say the same thing uh, or a version of the same thing that I said last week about the Thanksgiving season, which is um, to honor the fact uh, that um, the Thanksgiving season probably hits a little differently for uh, the Native people of our country and to uh, recognize the fact that Artisan Church Um, sits in what we call the city of Rochester and the county of Monroe and the state of New York, but um, these territories sit on Seneca and Haudenosaunee lands. And then just as I did last week, I want to read to you today's key passage um, from the First Nations version of the Bible. And uh, this is a a translation of the New Testament that was made by indigenous people uh, with the intention of connecting to the heart language of the over six million English-speaking First Nations people of North America. And so um, today's passage that you heard Penny read a moment ago is from Ephesians 5, uh, 15 through 20. And I'm going to read to you the First Nations version. She read the uh, New Revised Standard Version, which is our usual English translation. But here's the First Nations version of that same passage. Walk with your eyes open and make wise use of your time. For the evil days we live in are full of worthless and troubled ways. Keep foolishness far from you and welcome the ways of wisdom. For then you will clearly see the path creator has chosen for you. It is not wise to become drunk, for it will lead you to a life of emptiness and sorrow. Instead, drink deeply of Creator's spirit, and he will lead you into a life of beauty and harmony. At your gatherings, tell the ancient stories and sing the traditional songs. Sing spiritual songs from your heart as you dance before the Great Spirit, giving thanks to our Father, the Creator, as you represent our honored chief, Creator sets free, Jesus, the Chosen One. So uh, the language of that First Nations version is really interesting to me. Um, one of the things that is different is that it, it sort of softens the blow, if you will, of that prepositional phrase, for everything. So uh, I'll revert to the, the NRSV's version that says, um, "...giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything, and for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ." And did you catch something else in that passage, by the way? Um, That this is one of those other, and as I said last week, very few places in the New Testament where God's will is specifically articulated. And both times it has to do with being thankful people, um, which is really something that we ought to take to heart. I think there's only five, if I remember right. I'd have to go back and, and find the sermons that I've given on that. But there are five places, I believe, in the New Testament that specifically articulate God's will. And last week's passage and this week's passage totally unintentionally are two of those five, and they both have to do with thanksgiving. But in this case, it says giving thanks at all times and for everything. Now, that's really a hard thing to do. Um, If you are a person who's experiencing great suffering or trauma right now, being told that you're supposed to give thanks for that uh, is probably not a, a message that you enjoy hearing. And I'll just give you the disclaimer that it's not a message that I enjoy delivering. Um, this kind of thing, I, as far as I understand it, which is honestly not all that far, it really requires a lifetime of of practice and, and um, study. And even very deeply spiritual people uh, end up struggling with this concept to their last days. And so... I just want to say that I acknowledge that it can ring kind of hollow to try to cover it briefly in 15 or 20 minutes, but um, I'll do the best with with what I what I have. Um, I'm actually not going to say very much about this, in hopes that the few things I do say will be able to land better. So, how do we come to understand and accept and practice the idea of giving thanks for? everything, not just in all circumstances, but for all circumstances. To me, it's always helpful to start with the big picture. It, it, to me, these things always have a, at least they have a better hope of making sense to me, if I can start with the principles and the, and the kind of the big picture of, of these things. I do have a simple application practice to suggest at the end, but I want to talk to you about a couple of big picture ideas first. And the first one, is to think about the why, right? So how many of you were the kid who always said why when your parents told you to do something? Right? I can't see you right now, but I can imagine that there's lots of hands that go up when I ask that question. I, I, even, I even can imagine certain specific people's hands going up um, when I say that. I am a firstborn Child, so I, I was not usually the one to say why. That tends to be what you know, what happens sometimes. Um, but I do think the why question is very important, and so often with these difficult uh, spiritual slash religious teachings, we get a a spiritual slash religious version of because I said so. And with something like this, that's not really good enough for me. And I know it's not really good enough for a lot of you. Let me give you one passage of Scripture from the book of Romans that might give us a glimpse at the why of this situation. This is Romans 5, verses 1 through 5. And uh, it says this. Therefore... And we're going to skip over the therefore rule for today, right? What is the therefore? Therefore, (laughs) we just don't have time. Um, But therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And here's where it gets to the point. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. This is one answer to the question why should we give thanks? for all things, including for our suffering. The Apostle Paul seems to be indicating here that suffering can have a good end. Now, thankfully, he articulates a process, and even just reading that process sounds kind of tedious, doesn't it? Um, Suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. That's a lot of steps Um, And, of course, in real life, they're going to take a lot longer than the five seconds it takes to read them. But that's that's one way of thinking about this. We can give thanks even for the suffering that we're experiencing, knowing that uh, suffering can, through this process, get us back to hope, a hope that does not disappoint. And that's part of why, uh, as I'm sure you have figured out, I asked you at the beginning of the service to tell each other a story of a time when something bad happened to you that ended up working out for good in the long run. Now, I don't know that every single instance that you shared would follow this same pattern that Romans 5 lays out. There's other ways to, uh, to see goodness come out of badness. Uh, but I hope that sharing that story and hearing at least one other person's story this morning gives you some uh, some foundation to begin to think about how suffering can be something to be thankful for. I saw something this week that a friend of mine posted on Instagram. And um, it's at the same time a little bit eye-rolly and also pretty inspiring. And what it said was, when you replace why is this happening to me with what is this trying to teach me, everything shifts. When you replace why is this happening to me with what is this trying to teach me, everything shifts. So I don't know how many of you are in a situation right now where you're asking why is this happening to me. Certainly it's easier said than done, but it might be worth saying what and I would reframe the language I might I might say like what can I learn from this what can I allow God to teach me through this so it's this, adi- this idea that there's a specific way that suffering can transform us for the better and uh, if you can grasp that and internalize it you might get to the point of being able to give thanks for or even to boast in your sufferings so I wonder how that sits with you. Um, for me, it's in that yes, I understand, but no, I can't apply it very well yet place. How does it sit with you? Let me give you another uh, important big picture concept. This one is it's incredibly important to me personally and my understanding of the world and of our faith. And it's it's actually a complicated and much debated theological concept, which is well beyond the scope of today's sermon. Um, but I want to share it with you because it's so important to how I, I can kind of make sense of this concept. And I hope it's helpful to you as well. The concept is that Um, Not everything happens for a reason We are told Sometimes in the depth of our sorrow That everything happens for a reason Which I, I understand that it's very hard To know what to say to somebody who's suffering But you can start with what not to say And that would be what not to say Even if you believe it's true, that would be what not to say to someone who is suffering. Everything happens for a reason. I actually don't think it's true. Now, I do think and believe that God can make something reasonable out of every situation. That God can and does take even the, the worst evil that is inflicted upon us, and turn it into good. There's a famous verse a few chapters later in the book of Romans that says as much. Unfortunately, it's, always in, or it's often interpreted to mean everything happens for a reason. I don't think that's what the text there means and, at all. But um, the idea that God is with us in our suffering, that God can and does teach us through our suffering does not mean that God is the author of our suffering. Now, as I said, there's lots of theologians who disagree with me on that. Um, You might disagree with me on that, and we are in community with each other, and and we might have a a fruitful discussion or even debate about that, Um, practicing, as always, the radical Christian love that we need to practice when we disagree with each other. All I can say to you is that for me... I cannot make sense of giving thanks for suffering if I um, am required to believe that God is the author of that suffering. It's one of those tectonic theological shifts that happened many years ago in my life and has frankly allowed me to continue to practice the Christian faith. Um, And so if you've never heard that idea before, if it's brand new, the idea that that maybe not everything happens for a specific reason then uh, let me know. I'd love to hear from you about that. And, and um, if you'd like to hear sermons on that sometime in the future, please uh, shoot me an email and I would be happy to, to put it in the queue. Um, as I said, I can't really articulate all the biblical arguments that I might have for that, but it's really important uh, as a concept for me. And I wanted to share it with you. So these are the big picture ideas. Um, <clears throat> First of all, that there are some practical reasons why suffering could possibly be something we want to give thanks for. And secondly, that um, God's work through our suffering does not mean that God is the author of our suffering. Let me leave you with a a very simple, practical application. Um, So simple that it almost feels like uh, you're not getting your money's worth today out of this. Um, But... As much as I'm drawn to big pictures, uh, kind of practical or big picture uh, principles and truths, like I've been sharing with you, I'm also drawn to very simple, practical, bite-sized um, spiritual practices. And so, the spiritual practice for this week picks up picks up where we left off last week, and that's simply to start small. You know, um, a concept like giving thanks for suffering is so enormous and impossible if you try to start at like the pro all-star level of this, right? So if you've had a death in the family recently, uh, if you don't have a spiritual practice built up of giving thanks for all things, don't try to start with that. Um, and frankly, even if you have, you, uh, I think a, a, another important idea uh, that's meant a lot to me is is sitting with the pain and not insisting on an answer and not trying to make a neat tidy bow on something that it's impossible to put a neat tidy bow on yet certainly not to pretend that there is one start instead of with some major tragedy that you've experienced recently start with a simple one a frustration at work or or even something as trivial in every day as as um, the little minor road rage that we experience right so how could, you know that time when you're when you're trying to make the yellow light and you, you know you can make it, you might just have to give it a little extra gas and then the person in front of you puts their brakes on, right? Um, I'm not going to ask you to use the words that you use when that happens. But what about thinking about how could that be a moment of learning for you? I'm serious. What small transformation could you take part in, uh, in your own life in that moment nobody would call that suffering right It's not what I'm saying but it's a bite sized version of this I bet there's a lot of spiritual lessons to be learned in that moment we could talk about patience we could talk about loving our enemies we could talk about a lot of things what about being passed over for a promotion that you thought you deserved at work? Now we're getting into a little bit more difficult example, but not to the level of, you know, loss of life or anything. What can you notice about that experience? If you stop and think, is this suffering or whatever you would call it, is it doing anything to help build your character? Your endurance? Are you learning anything? Are you allowing God to be present with you in that experience? We can make a lot of examples like this. Um, but the point is to start small. I think so many times in the spiritual life, we try to start big and we fail because you can't start big at almost anything. And then we give it up altogether. But that's the easy way out. Oh, we'll say it's the hard way out. We'll say that it's just too hard, but that's the easy way out. To try to accomplish an impossible task, and when you can't, to give up. Last week I used the analogy of um, learning an instrument, like learning piano. You, you have to play hot cross buns before you can try to play uh, a Beethoven sonata. We can make analogies to sports, to mathematics, to any kind of hobby that you do, any kind of skill that you've obtained. Nobody expects you to be perfect at those things on the first try. And hopefully you don't expect yourself to be perfect either. And the same is true of these spiritual practices. I don't know why we insist on thinking that these are different in some way. That we ought to be able, because we're fully converted Christians, uh, whatever that might mean, to have total success at every spiritual practice we take up. It's not how it works. So, last week I asked you to think about... And to notice the little things around you that you can give thanks for. To give thanks in all circumstances. Sometimes you have to look around for the little things that you haven't noticed before. And I think just as in those cases, if you start small with giving thanks uh, for things that are difficult, you can grow. But if you expect to be able to start out giving thanks for an experience of deep suffering on the first try, I think you're, you're in for discouragement and and maybe more importantly, for no growth at all. There's so much more that could be said about this idea, but I think I'm going to leave it here. I've barely scratched the surface, but I hope that um, it's been of some use to begin thinking about it. And I'd encourage you to think about a specific way that you can start small this week. Um, If you're a road-raging person, maybe put a post-it note that just says thankful on on your uh, steering wheel or something. If you're experiencing difficulty at work, maybe that post-it note goes on your computer monitor or something. You have your own version of this. You know your life much better than I do. Can you write thankful on a post-it note somewhere, literally or figuratively, so that this week when you experience the little trials, you can practice being thankful for them? And I hope in that way, Begin to develop the spiritual muscle of thankfulness in suffering. We all need to work on this together. Uh, My prayer is uh, that the Spirit of God will empower you and show you ways to do that this week. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.